Hey guys, this is Jay Shear, host of the Reclamation Society podcast. Today we're discussing Luke Cage episodes six and seven. If you haven't listened to episodes one through five yet, we do a podcast on each episode, so we've already had five episodes of Luke Cage. You can go back and check out those episodes. I will leave links in the show notes to the earlier episodes. If you want to start with us from episode one and work your way through all the different episodes, um, please do so. As always, we're going to take a deep dive into what the storytellers are telling us is true and the major and minor themes weaved throughout the episode. This episode will be fun because um, we're actually halfway through season one now, and I want to stop to take a minute and analyze the character arcs throughout this first season and see where the characters are at midway through the season. Um, I also do want to take a minute to welcome all of our new subscribers and followers. Uh, special thanks to Podbean. We were the featured podcast of the week on Podbean, which is what we use to post our podcasts. And we've got a bunch of new followers from that, a bunch of new subscribers, and we're very thankful for that. So thank you for joining us on this podcast. Be sure to check out www.reclamationsociety.org to watch our Star Wars fan film and learn a little bit more about our organization. This podcast will contain spoilers. If you haven't watched episode six or seven yet, you might want to do so prior to listening into this one. But having said all that, let's dive into episodes six and seven. The first character I wanted to bring up um, is Cottonmouth or uh, Cornell Stokes. So we all know Cornell. He's kind of the biggest, baddest gangster in uh, the Harlem area, though there are other gangsters around that maybe even perceptibly worse than he is. But I want to start um, here because his character arc, and again, spoiler alert, his character arc is done. Um, in episode seven, we see Mariah actually take care of, of Cottonmouth, and he is now gone from the show. So that's kind of an interesting take, interesting kind of twist on it. Um, what's really fascinating is that he was on the road to running Harlem and business was actually pretty good for him, um, after a shaky start. So we do see also a little bit of extra background and extra backstory in episode seven that I personally really liked. Um, I thought, I felt like it rounded out Stokes character by showing how he got his start down a path of crime. And if you go back to our first episode, our first podcast about Luke Cage, one of the things I had talked about was um, I was interested in seeing what the implications were um, when you compared Luke Cage to HBO series The Wire. Because The Wire took um, sort of uh, Baltimore as an urban center and took the situation in Baltimore very seriously and showed it from multiple angles. And what I was worried about is that Luke Cage would just sort of add this comic book overlay over... Uh, an urban environment, and then um, it wouldn't really take it very seriously. But even as we go back in time to see how Stokes' character um, is rounded out, I actually think they do a pretty good job of showing um, all of the different dynamics of the urban environment that Stokes finds himself in. So I really like that component of it, how they had the flashbacks. Um, again, the filmmaking um, is really good here. They do a really good job with the tones and the camera angles and the, all the actors in this show are phenomenal. Um, and I do want to mention that the actor who plays um, Cottonmouth is really good. And I've seen him in a lot more things recently, so he's getting some of the recognition that he deserves. Um, when we do dive back into Cottonmouth's um, upbringing a little bit more, we see that there's a talented kid who's basically in the wrong environment, 
And he's sort of coerced into becoming a criminal by Mama Mabel. And this is the first time we actually see Mama Mabel and see kind of how she runs Harlem. And his character arc is ultimately tragic. And I think that we sort of need in our stories, it's, it's nice to have um, sort of our hero arcs and then our, our sort of villain arcs, but that those are actually true to life and that we see a fully rounded character. So if you didn't see Cornell Stokes, prior to his gangster days, if you will, um, you would just assume that he's always been a gangster. He's always been a dirtbag. But the reality is he he wasn't. In fact, he was a really talented kid who was really good at playing um, the piano or the electric piano, I guess that is, um, and had a real talent for that. In fact, um, Uncle Pete says that he should be at Juilliard because he's that good. Once Uncle Pete says those things, then we start to see his character arc go a lot darker because we start to see how Mama Mabel is basically trying to control what's going on in Harlem. And now we, he's kind of forced Cottonmouth is forced to do some things and make some decisions. Uh, he first, there's an indication that he kills or at least severely beats, uh, one of Mama Mabel's, um, sort of henchmen. Um, and then at the end, um, he actually has to kill his uncle Pete, the only person who really believed in him from a creative perspective. So here's a kid who's really talented growing up in an environment that is not a safe environment. It's actually an environment where, um, he's put in at risk all the time and it's not an environment from Mama Mabel's perspective that values creativity and expression. So he's immediately pushed into sort of more of the uh, gangster lifestyle, if you will, being a part of being leading, leading a gang effectively. And that's what happens to him. Now, fast forward, we start the show in episode one and Cottonmouth is actually on the rise. So uh, Cottonmouth Cornell Stokes is at a place where he's running some guns. He's gaining money. He partnered with Mariah to sort of raise some of that money so that he could actually make more money off the sale of these guns. And those two are sort of in cahoots with one another trying to build Harlem. He's doing it by supplying money and she's doing it by trying to get a civic sort of a civic take on it. Um, and, he, everything is going well for him in the beginning of the show, and the catalyst for Cottonmouth's fall from grace is really Luke Cage, because Luke Cage is the first person in Harlem to really, truly stand up to Cottonmouth and make life difficult for him. And in turn, as he makes life dif difficult for Cottonmouth, Cottonmouth then becomes obsessed with controlling Luke Cage and preventing Luke from damaging his reputation and so forth. So in part, it's that obsession that ultimately brings about Cottonmouth's demise. If he were to, if he were not to worry about Luke Cage as much, if he hadn't made some of the decisions that he'd made, um, even I know that he didn't make a decision about Pop's death, but if he would have um, made some inroads into solving some of those problems earlier that he kind of created for himself, he probably would not have become as obsessed with overcoming what Luke Cage was trying to do. So clearly, you know, Cottonmouth is a guy who starts out, he starts out very much on the rise, but by episode seven, even though he sort of has overcome some of the things that have come up in his life that may be bad for him in episode seven, he's really on, he's still kind of back on track. And that's of course when he 
is killed by Mariah. So um, really interesting character, played really well by the actor who played him. Some of the strengths of the character, he's very influential. Um, we even saw that when at Pop's funeral, we saw Luke Cage get up and say, say a few words. And we saw Cornell Stokes get up and say a few words. And he was influential. He had lots of things to say that made the people of Harlem respect him. And this is a guy who's tough and earns respect. Now, some of the ways that he earns respect are probably um, we would consider very much criminal in nature. But the reality is he does earn the respect of people in Harlem. He is driven, though, and this is where the weaknesses come in. He's driven by fear. So he's driven by the fear of losing what he has, the fear of not being successful and the fear of not being respected, especially. And that fatal flaw is ultimately what gets him killed because um, that's where he is so focused on Luke Cage that um, it, lets, it kind of takes over his, his life. So I do have some questions about Cottonmouth that I want to throw out there. Um, does, does the young Cornell Stokes have a choice? Is he destined to become a criminal? Or could he have made different decisions and actually ended up being like a world-famous um, piano player or uh, some other kind of musician? And what could Cornell have done differently? How could he have turned his life around? So I love this backstory because it gives us a lot of things that, um, you know, show us that he has the potential to do something else. It rounds out his character because back in the day, um, before he became this crime boss, he was a very sort of a gentle soul who had um, every intention of, of being gentle and being kind. Um, and yet he's forced into this life of crime. So my biggest question is, does he have a choice? And are there people that we see in the world today that are in a similar kind of circumstance? And how how do we make it those environments better so that they do feel like they have a choice as opposed to being you know shoved into this life of crime? Um, so that's where I'm going to end um, the thoughts on Cottonmouth. If you have thoughts yourself, reach out to me and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Let's jump into Shades. Uh, Shades is one of the most mysterious characters in the show. Uh, I'm not even sure I understand what his role is or why he's always wearing sunglasses. Obviously, his name is Shades, so he does that all the time. And in the show, he's constantly wearing them. Um, In many regards, I would think that Shades seems more powerful than Cottonmouth does, which is sort of an interesting thing because he also seems like he's working for Stokes. So sort of a weird relationship that's going on there. The biggest thing um, at this midway point in episode seven is that Shades has clearly identified before anyone else around him that Cottonmouth is truly losing it. And Shades is the first one to pick up on this. And so when I say losing it, what I mean is he's focused so heavily on Luke Cage. And even in in episode six and episode seven, um, Shades is trying to talk Cottonmouth out of trying to chase down Luke Cage and saying it's not worth your time. But um, Cottonmouth has already started to think that he's on top of his game and Shades knows that he isn't. So Shades is thinking, oh man, what's going to go on here? So I view Shades as a really smart guy who has been integral to the plot and even the backstory shows that. So there's something more to this guy that we don't really fully know. And uh, that leaves a little bit of mystery that's really kind of fun to analyze and think about. Um, Some of his strengths, he's very smart and he's very calculating. We haven't seen him make a wrong or a bad move yet. At least I don't think so. If If you've seen him make any of those moves, let me know. He thinks ahead and he knows what's up. He has a very good self-awareness and he has very good um, emotional intelligence to figure out what's going on in the characters around him. 
in my opinion, Shades is the actually the most intimidating character in the entire show. And it's almost as if he's the true villain here. Uh, the villain behind the villain, as it were. Um, and we see that at the end of episode seven, where he puts all of his weight behind Mariah instead of Cottonmouth. Um, he's also an influencer. So we said Cottonmouth was an influencer. Shades is also an influencer. And when he realizes that he can no longer influence Cottonmouth to make wise decisions, we see him make this shift in episode seven and he moves closer to Mariah and begins to influence her as opposed to Cottonmouth. I do have some questions about Shades, just like I had about um, Cottonmouth. Uh, who is this guy? What role does he play in all this? Obviously, he's pivotal, but what in the world is going on with this guy? We have no idea. He seems like he has, and maybe the comics reveal more. Again, um, and if you've listened to the past episodes, you know that I'm not super familiar with the Luke Cage comics. So maybe his character is explored in more detail in the comics. I don't know. Um, but definitely an interesting guy. Don't know what role he has to play in all this, but he is a critical influencer. And then I also um, have kind of an interesting question about is Shades like a version of Wormtongue? So Wormtongue in the Lord of the Rings series was somebody who could just by speaking into someone's life, kind of having having their ear, he could start to change the situation and change the scenario. And so I'm kind of wondering if Shades is a version of Wormtongue where what he says and his influence can really um, drive people to change. Now, obviously, he couldn't make it through to Cottonmouth in the end because Cottonmouth was too obsessed. So we'll have to see. He's definitely starting to influence Mariah, though. So that will be very fascinating. Uh, Let's go ahead and tackle Misty. Um, So like Cottonmouth, Misty's story is a rough one. Uh, episode one in the beginning, uh, Misty isn't necessarily on the rise like Cottonmouth was, but she does know where she stands in Harlem. Um, she knows you know what she's good at. She knows who the bad people are. She knows who she's trying to tackle. She's creating a web of people who she's trying to bring down, largely Cottonmouth's crew. But her world quickly implodes. Um, you know, Harlem enters this really chaotic time when Stokes takes power and Misty is left trying to solve the puzzle. And then when she least expects it, she learns that Scarf is dirty and that throws her for another loop. So Misty's in a place where her her world about what she considered normal is sort of crumbling. Um, I did think that there was a really cool scene in episode seven where Misty and Cage are trying to figure out if they can trust one another and neither of them really trust the other one. And I'm wondering, you know, how can they trust the other one at this point in time? Uh, Luke Cage has seen that the system itself is, you know, really not promoting justice because he's seen the characters like Scarf um, and the other detective that are involved in the criminal underbelly of the city. And Misty, on the other hand, can't trust Luke Cage because his background, he won't even reveal his background to her because he doesn't want to go to jail. So her character arc has been interesting because she started out with more confidence and, and this ability to think that she could fight crime use, utilizing the system that she's a part of. But I think now she's getting to the place where while she thought she could make a difference, she's now sort of left adrift and she's even distrusting the system that she believed in because she's seen how it itself is corrupt. 
So some of her, some of Misty's strengths and weaknesses, she's super smart and may even have some superpowers because she is able to reconstruct crime scenes in her mind and make them kind of fleshed out, which is really cool. Um, she's loyal. You can make the argument that she's too loyal in the case with Scarf. Uh, she's also just. So she uses the, the system, the justice, our justice system. She uses that system. She trusts people she's close to, even though that backfires on her. And she really has a desire to make the justice system that she's in better, which is fantastic. Ironically, her biggest weakness is that she's been trusting in the wrong people. And that's partially due to her trust in the justice system, which isn't truly just. It has some corruption involved in it, and she has been trusting that. So it's kind of fallen apart for her. Um, Like the other two, I have questions about Misty as well. Uh, will she be able to change the justice system from the inside? I sort of picture her as Jim Gordon in Harlem. And Jim realized that to truly make a difference, he needed to work with the vigilante. Um, That being Batman, obviously. So will Misty come to that same conclusion? By the time this season is over, and as we move on into the next few episodes, will Misty say, you know, I need to work with Luke Cage because the system that I'm working in is corrupt and he can work outside that system? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I also want to know how she'll be able to develop a trust in others because Scarf completely betrayed her and she was very loyal to Scarf. So how is she going to overcome that? How is her character going to work through those trust issues? It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Before we move on, I do want to say a special word about our sponsors. Um, If you've listened, you've noticed that we have a sponsor, Urban Vinyl. Now, Urban Vinyl sells premium wood headphones. They're the headphones I use when I'm recording podcasts, and they are excellent. They look great. And the important thing is they sound phenomenal. Um, Urban Vinyl's headphones are made by audiophiles for audiophiles, people who just love listening to good audio. And if you need a new pair of headphones, buy some from Urban Vinyl. If you do and you use the link in the show notes, you'll get a 15% off your purchase. Plus, as our sponsor, Urban will donate to the Reclamation Society, which is super awesome. You get 15% off and a great pair of headphones, and we get a donation. So that's awesome. We're really grateful to them for that. Also, I want to mention that the Reclamation Society is a 501c3 nonprofit, which means that you can donate to us and your donations are tax deductible. Visit www.reclamationsociety.org, look for the give link, and you can give to us. While you're there, you can check out our fan film, Star Wars Rivals, which was produced by the Reclamation Society, actually written by myself and Ben Anklum, who directed it. And we'd love it if you did that. That'd be fantastic. So think about buying Urban Vinyl headphones and think about donating to us. And we really appreciate that. Now let's get back to the show. Now we're going to come to Mariah as a character. And... um, Again, spoiler alert for anybody listening, and you should have probably already tuned out, but if you just in case you didn't, Mariah just killed Stokes out of pure anger and some even deep-seated hatred for the situation that she was brought up in. Um, she has been the brains and the face for the future of Harlem um, from a political side and from an influence side. And we see some more about how she got there in episode seven because we see some more of her backstory and we see that some of her backstory actually contains some criminal activity as well because she's related to Mama Mabel. And obviously Mama Mabel was the criminal mastermind in Harlem. So 
Mariah started this season in cahoots with Cottonmouth. In fact, helping him with a with a gun, running guns, so that he could actually do that, and he was funded to do that. Now, granted, she's expecting some of that money to come back to her to help fund her campaign, and in turn to help fund some of the improvements she wants to make to Harlem. But now we're seeing her, and as her world starts to crumble, as it's been crumbling over the last five episodes, um, she's being forced to make a decision, a really important decision. She can no longer have one foot in the criminal world and one foot in the political world. And obviously there's some crossover between those two worlds anyways, but she can't, she has to go all in. So she either has to own up to everything and deal with the consequences of that, or she has to basically turn into what Cornell Stokes has become, which is effectively a crime lord of sorts. And uh, obviously she makes that decision at the very end of this episode in her interaction with Cottonmouth. And we don't know what that is going to look like moving forward, but clearly she has gone past the point of no return or at least the point of no return is going to be very, very, very difficult for her. Um, I will say before I get into the strengths and weaknesses of this character that um, the actress who's playing this role is just fantastic. I can't imagine a better person to play the role. Um, her range is uh, fantastic. She's able to display emotions incredibly well. Between Misty, Mariah, and Cornell Stokes, these are three phenomenal actors. They're required to do quite a bit in this show. You know, uh, Shades and Luke Cage, not required to do quite as much. So just want to throw that, that, throw that out there. Her, the, the strengths of the character of Mariah, she's very strong-willed. She's very intelligent. And she does truly seem to care about Harlem. So I don't get the impression that she's doing this completely for herself. She cares about moving the city forward. But I think her biggest weakness is that she believes that the end justifies the means. And this is very evident in the case of her working alongside Cottonmouth. Um, and we see her backstory. We know why she's working alongside him. They're cousins already. And she has a certain amount of trust in him because of what they've both gone through together. The problem is they also have this sort of criminal element that goes alongside them. And to what extent they're going to utilize that criminal element to make an impact in Harlem makes a big difference. So we do see her get her hands dirty. And as we see in episode seven, she's forced to double down or get out. And she doubles down in a really big way. So be interesting to see what happens in the episodes moving forward. Her character arc is probably, of all the character arcs we've seen thus far, I would say that Mariah's character arc is the most interesting um, and it is the most uh, intriguing moving forward. So she's halfway through what this season is going to show us as her character arc. And she's been one of the most um, intriguing characters along that entire time. Do have some questions about Mariah. Um, does she really have Harlem's best interest in mind or is she interested in Harlem because of her own ambition? Um, personally, I answer that question by saying I think it's a little bit of both. But as the season progresses, we'll see more. Uh, as with Cottonmouth, she, was she destined to become this evil? Um, could she have made different choices? Obviously, she's growing up in Mama Mabel's household. She sees that there's a criminal element to what uh, Mama Mabel is doing. She also sees how influential Mama Mabel is and how giving Mama Mabel is, too. We hear some examples of how Mabel actually gives back to the community. Um, which are really good things. So she's seen an example of Mama Mabel utilizing the same kind of theory of the end justifies the means. I can, you know, do these things in this city that are technically criminal, 
that are against the law, but I'll give back to the people as well. And so Mariah has sort of taken on that um, with her own personality and with her own decision making as well. Um, I do think that the Mariah character arc is really fascinating to me because we see similar character arcs in the real world. So I'm reminded of people like um, Anthony Weiner <laughs> or something where uh, they just don't give up and they, they're still experiencing some severe um, personal issues that get in the way of their political career. Obviously, everybody's going to have personal issues. That, that is only human. Um, but how much do you let that impact your career versus stepping aside and saying, like, I have to deal with these things? And, uh, and she's sort of, we, so we see examples of this in the real world, and she's still going forward. She's still moving forward with this. Which then brings us to our last character, um, our main character of the show, uh, Luke Cage. And Luke's biggest arc revolves around his reluctance to step up when the pressure is on. So we've seen a little bit of Luke's backstory. It's a really fascinating backstory. That was one of my favorite episodes uh, when we saw him going through prison. And we know that he was, uh, as he tells us at least, that he was falsely accused. And now he's at a place where he's a, he's basically a fugitive and he's trying to figure out when he should stand up to others, when he should stand up to crime, and when he should invest in the city of Harlem to try and overcome the crime. Um, when So he, he's sort of a guy who he gets along, he does the right thing, but then when the world pushes back and threatens his safety, or in this case, a lot of times it's his anonymity, um, he wants to bolt, he wants to run. And there's a certain amount of fear in Luke about having to go back to jail or having to deal with some of those consequences. And he just doesn't want to do that. So his character arc has been interesting because he started out by being very under the radar. And then he sort of takes the early steps towards becoming a hero and making it less about himself and his anonymity and making it more about helping other people. Um, but after he takes on Cottonmouth, Cottonmouth gets, collects the information, um, gets the information from Shades that Luke Cage is actually Carl Lucas, who has been in jail. And Cottonmouth now knows that Luke Cage is a fugitive. And then now Luke Cage is at a place where he's wanting to back off again. So we see him talk to um, the nurse and the nurse is basically saying, you got to do stuff. You got to come up. You got to fight. And Luke Cage is, again, questioning whether or not he's going to do that. Um, so here's Luke with his back up against the wall. And again, we're seeing him with this choice. And the choice is whether to be selfless or and help other people, even at the expense of his own anonymity and possibly even going back to jail. Or he can back down and run away, which he almost does in episode seven. Obviously, strengths and weaknesses, physical strength. He's a super strong dude. Um, and he has a desire to do the right thing. He actually has a deep-seated desire to do the right thing. Um, he's also, one of his key strengths, uh, and this is, I've seen this as um, people around me as well, uh, in my personal life, in the, in the real world, there's some people who are really good at surrounding themselves with good people. And Luke Cage is one of those people. He surrounds himself with good people all the time. He has pop in the beginning of the show. Even when he goes to jail, he gets really good influence from the people there. Um, he finds good people to be around. I want to say the guy's name is Squabbles. Um, so 
he's very good at that. Now, the weaknesses he has are that he's very worried about fully committing to something. And his biggest weakness is sort of a reluctance to commit himself to being a hero and to being selfless. And there seems to be a fear of exposure there. And obviously, he does not want to go back to jail. So Luke's character arc has been pretty consistent. It's about whether or not he'll overcome his fear and choose to do selfless things or if he'll keep fearing and do more selfish things and kind of run around and keep himself underground. Obviously, with episode seven, the biggest, um, the biggest two plot points in episode seven were Cottonmouth's death. And then right at the very end of episode seven, we see Luke Cage um, is shot by the Judas bullet, which can penetrate his skin. And obviously, we don't know what's going to happen to him. We're left with the consequences of him getting shot. And so this, this creates a, an entirely new situation for him because he's already fearful. Um, the nurse is attempting to talk him back into um, helping out and he gets shot. So now what's going to happen? Because he's got to be kind of more frightened than ever because his, um, his super strong skin, um, which makes him somewhat... Uh, invincible. Obviously, the bullet can kill him, so there's that. But uh, because of that, what is he going to do? He's going to have more fear now. So is he going to be able to overcome that and help or not? We'll, those are some good questions. The biggest thing that we've been doing with Luke Cage and Luke Cage's character arc, and this uh, really the only reason for doing this is because it seems like the show is telling us to do this. And so if you've heard the other episodes that I've recorded about this, particularly episodes four and five, they introduce us to some concepts where they're making direct comparisons between Luke Cage and Jesus Christ. Um, one of the questions we can ask ourselves now is, does Jesus have the same character arc that Luke Cage has? And, you know, it doesn't really feel like they have the same character arc. They are dealing with somewhat similar issues, so to speak. But uh, Jesus did express, <clears throat> I think, we can see in the Gospels some uh, human fear, being fully human, being, being fully God. The fully human part of him does seem to experience some fear in, you know, for example, dying on the cross for our sins. But, uh, and he does overcome those. So I think that the, the show's creators could make an argument that that's similar to what Luke Cage is doing here, similar to his decision making around that. I don't know. So it could be similar a similar character arc. Let me know what you think. Um, so we're left with the question midway through the season, you know, will Luke Cage rise to the occasion? Who will he trust? He's going to have to trust somebody. Um, the only person he's sort of put his trust in now, he put his trust in pop pops gone when he was in jail. He put his trust in squabbles. Squabbles is gone. Um, he could put his trust in Misty. He can continue to trust who he seems to trust right now. The nurse, uh, and I forget the nurse's name. I have to look it up really quick, but, um, he seems to trust her. Uh, so, you know, who will he trust? Um, what will make him turn into the hero that we know he can be? What will be that plot point that turns him down the right road? Don't know, but it'll be interesting to kind of figure it out. So, um, what do you think that covers all the characters? So now it's just a matter of, of having a conversation about what's going on here. And in, you probably have already finished the season. If you're going, if you're going along the season as slowly as I am, then maybe you haven't finished the season yet. Um, but if you have, uh, you know, let us know what you think. What, what did you think about this point in the show? Where did you think Luke Cage would go? What did you think was going to happen? I was really surprised and pretty shocked to see 
um, Cottonmouth killed at the end of episode seven. So I'm interested to see how that decision will play itself out. What are some other questions that come up in the show for you? What are some of the deeper things? Obviously, we're dealing with fear. We're dealing with um, a corrupt system. So there's a little bit of Batman involved here. And what we've seen like with the Chris Nolan Batmans and the corruption that's involved in the, in the criminal justice system in Gotham, that's showing up a little bit here. We're seeing some of the similar connections between um, Jesus Christ and Luke Cage that we would see with Superman um, and Jesus Christ. So we're seeing a lot of different things here. And I'm just wondering, uh, what are some of the themes that you're picking up on? Um, write me an email at reclamationsociety at gmail.com. That email address is in the show notes, so you can cut and paste it if you want to. Um, or you can actually check out our community on imzy, imzy.com. It's a new, uh, friendlier version of Reddit, and it's a really cool service. So we have a community on imzy, and you can post into that community with thoughts about this show, with additional questions, or any of the podcasts that we have done. You can just jump on MZ and make a comment on there. It's really easy, and it's a, real, it's a social network that we like a lot. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you guys would get out there onto iTunes and give us a review. Um, just take a couple minutes, uh, give us a review. We would really love that. It helps us show up in more results, um, build more of a community, and get the word out there to more people. So we'd appreciate it if you do that. Also, don't forget to subscribe. We have some really cool upcoming topics. Uh, we're doing our Stranger Things series. That'll be really awesome. We have a lot of cool guests coming on. Um, there's obviously the controversial Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. We're going to review that. We also have our first comic book review coming out. Um, I am going to be reviewing um, The Sheriff of Babylon, which is an independent comic, I believe. It's a smaller comic, but it was a comic that started earlier this year, and I really want to take a look at it because it's getting a lot of great attention. So um, be sure to check out a future pod, those future podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on that. Um, and finally, if you want to follow us on social media, all the links to all the social media that we're on will be in the show notes. So please go check those out. And really, that does it for this week. Um, I'm definitely enjoying the Luke Cage series. Uh, enjoyed episodes six and episode seven. And would love to hear what you think. So thank you for listening, and until next time, question everything in the stories you read, watch, and listen to, and always seek the truth. We'll see you later.